This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Venus in Fur opens this week at George Street Playhouse in New Brunswick. It's a play about a play that's based on a classic erotic novel by Austrian author Leopold von Sacher Massach. The book got a lot of attention when it was first published in 1870, kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey did in 2011. Only Venus in Furs, as the original book was titled, is considered a literary masterpiece. Not so for Fifty Shades of Grey, which, it turns out, owes a lot to Leopold von Sacher Massach, whose name is literally where the word masochism comes from. I met up with director Kip Fagan at George Street Playhouse just before rehearsal to talk about the play and its complicated relationship with the cultural legacy of the novel. So the play is about a playwright director, or a playwright who's a first-time director because he's sick of all the um, directors screwing up his work, um, who's adapted the Soccer Massac novel um, uh, to a stage play, and um, he's been through a terrible day of auditions where he can't find a woman that can even come close to being able to portray uh, the woman in the, in the play, in the book. Um, so at the end of the day, it's been a half hour, everybody's gone home, and this, um, uh, this woman named Vonda Jordan sort of crashes through the door uh, hours and hours late for her audition. Uh, she's kind of all over the place, a mess, uh, streetwise, brassy, completely wrong for the part. Um, and she uh, sort of muscles him, pressures him, bullies him into seeing her for the role, and she ends up being, in uh, startling ways, kind of uh, more perfect than he could have imagined for the role. And so they end up, uh, you know, doing most of the play in the audition. And that's when the, the boundaries be- between fantasy and reality become blurred. And the, fa- and the uh, boundaries between the actor and the playwright director and the characters that they're playing inside the play within the play become blurred. Let's listen to a scene from Venus and Fur. What's happening in this scene? Sure. The first scene um, takes place toward the beginning of the play. Um, the playwright director has sort of grudgingly uh, um, allowed this uh, seemingly crazy actor uh, who's barged into his rehearsal studio to, um, to audition for the play, and they kind of talk over uh, what the material is. And you are hearing the voices of the two-person cast of Venus and Fur, Mark Alhadef and Jenny Putney. The book was a huge scandal back in 1870. Well, sure. Basically, it's S&M porn. It's not S&M porn. You don't think it's porn or porn-ish for medieval times, 18-whatever, I mean? Venus and Fur is a great love story. It's a serious novel. It's a central text of world literature. Oh. I thought from the play it had to be porn. Anyway, you don't have to tell me about sadomasochism. I'm in the theater. (laughs) The word masochism comes from Leopold von Sacher Massach because of this book. Masochism. Massach. I should have seen that. Wow, so S&M is like named after the guy. <sighs> cool. I'm not sure that's what Sacher Massach had in mind. Sure. He thought he wrote a serious novel. Everybody else thought it was porn. The book that the play revolves around has been reimagined and restaged many times since 1870. Movie versions have been made, there's the Velvet Underground song, Roman Polanski recently directed a film of a stage production. It seems like artists in particular have really been the ones who have kept the book um, in the public consciousness. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, uh, as I was saying, artists uh, somehow, uh, or uh, sometimes generally being, naturally being masochists, 
um, keeps that uh, keeps the source material alive because it is a, a seminal and very psychologically rich and deep investigation of the nature of masochism. I mean, it was you know uh, uh, named after the uh, author of that book. You know, Soccer Masoch uh, gave rise to the term masochism. Kraft Ebbing, I think, gave him the the assignation. But um, so I yeah, I feel like um, the play makes the novel available for a really wide audience that doesn't um, necessarily identify as masochistic and, and and plays with gender dynamics and power dynamics in a way uh, that makes it a very universal uh, situation. Because Venus and Furs, the, um, the book, is much beloved by a very small segment of the population, you know. And Venus and Fur is a very, very popular populist play, I think because it does a, a kind of immaculate job at structuring... Um, uh, the situation around the novel uh, so that uh, the audience is invited into uh, the character's experience in the novel. Let's listen to another scene that sort of deals with that. Uh, what's going on in this one? Um, about midway through the play and midway through the play within the play, um, they've both uh, uh, sort of taken on their roles. Um, she's convinced him to do a bit of an accent uh, and to be a better actor than he uh, ordinarily would be because he's a playwright-director and he's sort of... Um, uh, getting the idea that she's uh, better for the role than he ever thought that she could be. But where would Aphrodite find her master today? No man is worthy of dominating a goddess. He's only worthy of being subjugated by her. Subjugate me. What? In love with me already? Profoundly. And suffering as if I'd known you all my life. Stand up. Stand away from me. I must say you do intrigue me. I like your earnestness and your clarity of thought, your great knowledge and your depth of feeling. Physically, you are not unattractive. But when a man submits to me, I see a trick. This is no trick. Only love me. You see? Orders already. Marry me. I'm a frivolous woman, Herr Kushemsky. You'd have to be very brave to love me. I've told you my principles and how I live. I only know that I want you to be my wife. You really don't know a thing about me. And dominate me. It's absurd. In time, you'd only try to wrest power from me, as every lover does. Why waste time in the struggle? I hand all power over to you in advance, now and forever, unconditionally. Dominate me. Do with me what you will. Beat me, if you like. So, uh, what's going on there? Well, it's, I mean, it's not easy without giving some of the pleasure away uh, of what happens in the play, but uh, the actor is the complete opposite of the woman uh, in the book, which is the character that she's auditioning to play. Um, the actor, uh, Vonda Jordan, is, um, is messy, uh, loud, kind of obnoxious, uh, irresistible in just uh, in, a, in a shambling sort of way, um, emotional, uh, uh, just an out-of-work actor on her last legs. Um, that's how we're introduced to her. Uh, the character in the book is aristocratic, cultivated, uh, quiet, um, refined, and um, just couldn't be farther from the woman who comes, you know, barreling through the door at the beginning of the play. Uh, the fact that she's that Vonda Jordan, the character in the book is called Vonda Von Dunayev, so they have they share the same first name, which is your initial um, clue of what's about to transpire. Um, but, uh, the, the leap and seeing how this, how Vonda Jordan, um, can inhabit this character of Vonda Von Dunayev, uh, is a really, it's just a juicy thing for an actor to do, you know, to be able to go to those extremes, those two incredible extremes of completely contemporary, messy, loud, 
um, brassy comedy into this aristocratic mode of um, uh, 19th century manners and cultivation. It's a really, you know, it's there, there couldn't be a bigger contrast between the two. Knowing about all of these other incarnations of Venus and Furs that have been produced over the years, and being aware of the book's steady cult status, um, was there something, some new angle that you wanted to bring to this production as a director? Yeah, it, it, um, it took a while. I saw the play in New York. Uh, I didn't see it on Broadway. I saw it off-Broadway. Um, and so I saw Nina Arianda and uh, Wes Bentley do it. And I was, um, uh, I was taken for, an, it's such a ride, the play, and it's a relentless you know, hour and a half uh, of material where it's just two actors on stage. It's one scene, two actors on stage, and it grabs you by the throat and it doesn't let go. And that's very appealing to me. And um, those kinds of plays are very appealing to me. And the more I uh, found my way into the play, the more I realized, um, and actually the more I found my way into the book, the more I realized that um, the line between fantasy and reality in the book and the play is really, really liquid. And, uh, and that uh, drove me to the play, or it, it, it enthused me about the play. Um, and to find and to navigate the line between acting and inhabiting um, or uh, pretending and actualizing uh, is very, very interesting. And it's been a fun thing in rehearsal. And that's, that's what I wanted to bring to it is a sense of uh, the fullness and the richness of the imaginative act. Um, an actor playing a role is not just uh, a person saying lines with a funny voice. An actor playing a role is... Um, uh, inhabiting a character in a way that hopefully does, you know, um, uh, tip that balance of, wait a minute, what am, what am I actually watching? And the play is structured so that at the end of the play, you're kind of left saying, uh, uh, wow, what did I just witness? I'm not exactly sure, but I want to talk about it and I want to, um, uh, I'm curious about what I, what I just saw. Director Kip Fagan. Venus in Fur runs through May 18th at George Street Playhouse. For tickets and more info, go to georgestreetplayhouse.org. And for more information about all of the arts in New Jersey, go to jerseyarts.com. I'm Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.